0: The word of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke. When eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem, "...to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. They came to offer a sacrifice, according to which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel." And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in their company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And now so it was, that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But when they did not understand the statement which he had spoken to them, they went then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with both God and and men, Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your holy word, bless it to our hearts, bless it to our minds, and transform us by your son Jesus, the living and eternal word. In his name we pray, amen. Today is on the liturgical calendar, the feast day of the Holy Family. You know, we aren't typically accustomed to thinking of Jesus as growing up in a family, but he did. He grew up in a family, complete with customs and traditions, a a rhythm of life that was enjoyed by those in the family. We even read in the Gospels, particularly the Gospel of John, that Jesus went to Jerusalem to celebrate Hanukkah, the festival of lights, the festival of dedication. Jesus grew up in a family his mother Mary and his earthly father Joseph. And in the context of that family, there was giving and sharing life was shared together life was given from one to the other this isn't my facebook wall but i'm going to throw this up here like it's my facebook wall and just wall and leave it there it's kind of what some of us say on facebook i'm just going to throw that up there and leave it there this is something i mentioned last week if we miss him we miss Everything. And so let that thought captivate your mind for a moment as we step out of 2017 today and on into the new year of 2018 tomorrow. There was a moment, a three day period, in fact, that his mother Mary and his earthly father Joseph missed. Jesus and for that moment those three days they had lost everything they had missed everything in fact when they found him their question was why have you done this to us and he points out that they've missed it why were you looking for me I must have been about my father's business surely you must have known this growing up In this holy family, Jesus was given something by his mother Mary and his earthly father Joseph. Think of what Mary gave Jesus. She gave her body, not just a womb, but also. Nourishment. She fed him. He was dependent upon her. It might blow our minds to think about the eternal son of God depending upon a mere mortal. But such is the way that God chose to enter the world. You remember, all throughout Advent, we've been thinking about the fact that God did not send some great and powerful adult general. He sent a baby to redeem the world, to put all the world back together, to silence the nations, to end the warring. This is the one of whom the angels sang, as we sang earlier, being nourished By his mother who gave her body. She gave him also in nourishing him. She gave him, and this is something that blows my mind. Got seven kids and it still doesn't cease to amaze me. She gave him her immunity. The diseases and the illnesses, those things that get caught in our throats and work down into our stomachs that make us sick are protected by the baby that holy baby by his holy mother as she gives her body for him. She immunizes him as she nourishes him. She gives him her health. We... Think of Christmas, and we we often don't think about the the biology of what's going on and the craziness of what that implies about how God chose to redeem the world. But Mary gave her body, she gave also her future, her plans her hopes, her dreams, what life would entail, what the future might hold. She gave it all away when she said to the angel Gabriel, let it be to me as you have said. Whatever that might imply, whatever that might mean, she gave away her future. Life for her will never be the same again. What she thought tomorrow held would not be held by tomorrow. And in doing so, as a a young Jewish maiden, one who is expecting to be married but not yet married, and who finds herself expecting a child, she also gave away her reputation. What everyone in the community would have thought of her, even family, close friends. It seems like for all we know, her relative, perhaps her cousin Elizabeth, is the only one who is blown away by the mystery and the miracle of what is happening to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary gave all that she had to give, so that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, could become Emmanuel, God with us, God among us, God in our very midst. As Bonhoeffer put it, God in the manger. And in this holy family, Joseph, His earthly father also gave something. Yes, he gave his reputation, his future, what others thought of him, what his plans might have been. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, we're told that Joseph is blown away by the impossibility of what's going on. And he doesn't know what to do about it. And so out of, out of fear, but also out of, out of a good character and wanting to protect his betrothed wife. He decides, you know what, we're not going to make some public spectacle of this. We're not going to make an example of her. We're going to quietly deal with this so that no one knows what's happening. So the angel Gabriel goes to him and says, don't you be afraid, Joseph. You're a good man. And you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to do the good thing. And God is with you. Joseph gave a home. He gave Jesus a place to live. He who would one day have no place to lay his head would have a place to lay his head. For perhaps 20, 30 years. However long he would be with Joseph and Mary, he would have a home, he would have a family. In fact, Jesus on the cross, His concern is for His family. Woman, behold your son, He says about John the, ba- about John the Apostle, the beloved. Behold your mother. What Jesus had been given by Joseph, Jesus is stewarding and taking care of even in his last breaths, even in his last moments. He knows that he has been given a family and he will care for that family. And what would happen in the context of this family? One of the questions that I've been asked as a as a pastor and a teacher is, more often than some of the other questions has been, well, what, what do we know about Jesus' upbringing? About what's going on in His earthly life? And i am scratch my head and say, well, all we have is what the book tells us. We've got this little vignette about Him when He's 12, getting left behind in Jerusalem, casting a bad shadow on His mom and dad. What in the world were y'all thinking? They were thinking the family's here. You know how it is when family gets together. Everybody thinks that everybody else is looking out for the toddlers, Jesus is twelve, he's running around, he's getting into not trouble. He's getting into the temple, he's going to church. Don't you wish your kids, when they were left somewhere, were left at church? But what else do we know of what would have happened? The scriptures tell us that the boy grew. He grew, grew up before God and grew up before man, became strong, became taller became wiser in the context of this family that Joseph struggles so painstakingly to provide for this boy who's been given by the eternal God himself. Joseph struggled to develop in this boy the shaping of character, the nourishing of a body. He's got to eat, got to provide for him and even the learning of a trade, isn't that that carpenter's boy? What in the world's he thinking? I read a devotional thoughts um, by uh, Dr. Nyhoff, President of WBS, this week about Jesus, about speculating on Jesus toddling around in the carpenter's workshop and falling down getting sawdust all over the place and Joseph just chuckling and dusting him off and about Jesus being raised up by this this man Joseph this good and righteous man He grew up in a family, a family that gave what they had to give. Jesus also gave He gave to his mom and dad, and he gave to the whole world what he had to give. Tomorrow, January 1st, is the feast day of the holy name. You'll remember that the angel Gabriel instructed Mary, you shall call his name Jesus. Why would he be called Jesus? Well, the angel Gabriel also appeared to Joseph and gave a bit more explanation in that regard. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came to give salvation. To give His life. Not only for us. Which we look ahead to as the, the cross still stands in God's holy place. The shadow of the cross looms large over the holy manger. And he came not just to give His life for us. Yes, that, but also to give His life to us. Emmanuel, God among us. Christmas is about heaven invading earth. It is about God assuming flesh. It is about eternity marrying. Temporality. And the good news. Might seem odd to call this good news. But you know the old saying, misery loves company. The good news is that Christmas is not just neat and tidy like we like to make it out to be. You know, we want all of the presents to be perfectly wrapped. In fact, after I wrapped Lindsay's gifts, we still had some gifts to gift to family after Christmas Day. So she said, that's it. You're wrapping the family's gifts because you do a better job than I do. I don't think I do a better job than I than she does, but I think she was pawning it off on me. But we do like to have the gifts all nicely wrapped, the bow perfectly placed. It's just a bow on a gift. And we I don't know about you, but I'm like trying to figure out, okay, how's that rule of... Thirds go. All right, the pictures. You know, you center it on a third, not dead center. And uh, but we like things neat and tidy. We like the lights to be perfect. In fact, one of my pet peeves this Advent was we got a toddler around the house, and he keeps blowing out lights on the Christmas tree. And so we're getting uh, imaging every Sunday afternoon to fix the lights again because everybody's coming over, and the tree's got to look decent. If you came Christmas Eve and you walked into the house, you probably saw a tree that was very well lit up here. And if you look down there, it's completely black. If you look at the bottom, there's a little strand of lights. We like things neat and tidy. We like things cleaned up for the holidays. We like to plan the budget and not spend a dime over, though we know we were going to spend far many dimes over. But Christmas is not about neat and tidy. Christmas is about Jesus entering into the mess of our lives. Entering into the mess of this world. He's born in a stable because there's no room. There's nowhere to go. It's tax season for crying out loud. And Joseph has had to pack up his betrothed who's expecting a child because she's not going to have that baby alone. And he's traveled back home to the place of his fathers and when they get there there's no time there's there's nothing available he's born into a stable not some nice neat picked up at the home depot and delivered to the house by tuesday stable but a place probably cut out into the side of a hill filled with hay and horse poop probably was Right, Todd. He's laid in a manger, a feeding trough. Christmas, Christmas Eve over the house. We were are trying our best to put on a nice, neat little candlelight service. We we're gonna be outside under the stars. It was gonna be beautiful. And good grief, it was windy and freezing cold on Christmas Eve. It's normally like in the 70s, and everybody's sweating, trying to take off their sweater. But it's cold outside, and the wind is howling, and you can hear the dogs in the backyard howling, trying to keep them out of the house, we're trying to keep everything nice and neat. The candles keep blowing out. We go to light the Christ candle, and it won't light. Finally, a third of it will light, and then it blows out, and we're having to light our candles from it. And you can hear the dogs, and the wind is blowing, and the can- the, the, we got a campfire to keep everybody warm, and the wind's blowing smoke everywhere. And I thought, this is a disaster. What in the world? Who planned this thing? Who's that crazy pastor? And I thought, you know what? This is perfectly Christmas. You think that stable didn't smell terribly? You think the donkey and the probably goats and birds, the baby sheep as these ragtag bunch of riffraffs Shepherds come stumbling up. You think that place was nice and neat? No, Jesus stepped into the mess. He got down into the junk and the muck and the mire of our lives because God desperately wanted to say, You will no longer be called forsaken or desolate or abandoned or cheated upon. I will be faithful to you and I will make you to be my people whatever it might cost. Not ni- nicely and neatly and cleanly, but through birth and for death. Birth and death. We like to clean them up. Make them something pristine. Make it something picturesque, something Facebookable. Get the family out. Get the family out. we got to clean the the bed sheets and... Get the blood out of the floor and get everything all nice. But he came through birth and he came for death because he was giving every bit of what he had to give. It was the world, and truly, we ourselves are. Getting ready to celebrate the end of a calendar year and the beginning of a new. We think back on what has transpired. We think ahead about what we hope to resolve that maybe we might get around to partly doing with our lives. We as the church are reminded that we've already begun the new year. The new year that defines us and that shapes our lives. We've begun Advent. Advent. The beginning of a new year in Jesus. Bill, you prayed last week. you may not even remember, but you prayed last week. May we carry the truth and reality of Advent throughout the new year. At this year's end, we need to keep before us two names. Emmanuel, or as the Hebrews would have said it, Imanuel. God is with us. And the name Jesus, or Iesus, Yahweh brings salvation. He saves. may we keep these names before us because Christmas is not the end. It is the very beginning. See, the world is busy building up and building up and getting everything ready and getting everything nice and neat and putting it all together so that Christmas Day is the big finale and then everything comes down and everything's over and we get back to normal life. But God tells us that Christmas is just the beginning. Man, we're only seven days into the season. We still got five more. But this is how the year begins for us. Not how it ends. This is not the the finale. This is the beginning of the build-up. For Jesus means that Yahweh saves us He is Emmanuel, God in our very midst. so if you want to challenge for the end of the year and the year to come, hear this: Live in a different reality. Live. In the reality of Emmanuel. God, right down in the mess of it. When life isn't going as you planned, when someone's sick on the holiday, when someone doesn't show up for the party. Remember, God is right there with you. May his life shape ours. Christmas is more than a day. And in this present, this today, Even this seventh day of Christmas, He gives us the gift of His presence. Not neatly wrapped, not perfectly placed, but plopped right down in the mess. That's what He gives. He gives us everything He has to give. may we live in the reality of what He gave today and tomorrow the day after that when the banks eventually open back up when life begins to resume normal whatever that might be normal is often a mess and remember Jesus gave Himself to those who live in the mess Let's pray.